Good evening. To open our meeting tonight, Lil, will you please announce the first hymn? Hymn number 382. What is thy birthright, man, child of the perfect one? What is thy father's plan for his beloved son? Hymn number 382. If you would like to follow along with the readings tonight, please go to our website, and on the home page, you'll see the link to the live broadcast. Click on that, and you'll see the link to the text for the Wednesday readings. The theme for tonight is Our True Identity, Indestructible and Perfect in God. And the readings will now be given by Lenny from Georgia. I shall read from the Bible, Genesis. And God said, Let us make man in our image, after our likeness. So God created man in his own image. In the image of God created he him. Male and female created he them. Isaiah. Thus saith the Lord that created thee, O Jacob. And he that formed thee, O Israel, fear not, for I have redeemed thee. I have called thee by thy name. Thou art mine. Even every one that is called by my name, for I have created him for my glory. I have formed him. Yea, I have made him. Mark. And it came to pass in those days 
that Jesus came from Nazareth of Galilee and was baptized of John in Jordan. And straightway coming up out of the water, he saw the heavens opened and the spirit like a dove descending upon him. And there came a voice from heaven saying, Thou art my beloved son in whom I am well pleased. John Now a certain man was sick named Lazarus of Bethany, the town of Mary and her sister Martha. When Jesus heard that, he said, This sickness is not unto death, but for the glory of God, that the Son of God might be glorified thereby. Now Jesus loved Martha and her sister and Lazarus. When he heard, therefore, that he was sick, he abode two days still in the same place where he was. Then when Jesus came, he found that he had lain in the grave four days already. Martha, as soon as she heard that Jesus was coming, went and met him. Then said Martha unto Jesus, Lord, if thou hadst been here, my brother had not died. But I know that even now whatsoever thou wilt ask of God, God will give it thee. Jesus saith unto her, Thy brother shall rise again. Martha saith unto him, I know that he shall rise again in the resurrection at the last day. Jesus said unto her, I am the resurrection and the life. He that believeth in me, though he were dead, yet shall he live. And whosoever liveth and believeth in me shall never die. Now Jesus was not yet come into town, but was in that place where Martha met him. Jesus therefore again, groaning in himself, cometh to the grave. It was a cave, and a stone lay upon it. Jesus said, Take ye away the stone. Then they took away the stone from the place where the dead was laid. And Jesus lifted up his eyes and said, Father, I thank thee that thou hast heard me. And I knew that thou hearest me always. But because of the people which stand by, I said it, that they may believe that thou hast sent me. And when he had thus spoken, he cried with a loud voice, Lazarus, come forth. And he that was dead came forth, bound hand and foot with grave clothes, and his face was bound about with a napkin. Jesus saith unto them, Loose him, and let him go. Romans Therefore, brethren, we are debtors, not to the flesh, to live after the flesh. For if ye live after the flesh, ye shall die. But if ye through the Spirit do mortify the deeds of the body, ye shall live. For as many as are led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. For ye have not received the spirit of bondage again to fear, but ye have received the spirit of adoption, whereby we cry, Abba, Father. The Spirit itself beareth witness with our spirit that we are the children of God, and if children, then heirs, heirs of God, 
and joint heirs with Christ. 1 John Behold what manner of love the Father hath bestowed upon us, that we should be called the sons of God. Therefore the world knoweth us not, because it knew him not. Beloved, now are we the sons of God, and it doth not yet appear what we shall be. But we know that when he shall appear, we shall be like him, for we shall see him as he is. I will now read correlative passages from Science and Health with Key to the Scriptures by Mary Baker Eddy. The divine mind maintains all identities, from a blade of grass to a star, as distinct and eternal. The identity or idea of all reality continues forever, but spirit, or the divine principle of all, is not in spirit's formations. Soul is synonymous with spirit, God, the creative, governing, infinite principle outside of finite form, which forms only reflect. Question. What is man? Answer. Man is not matter. He is not made up of brain, blood, bones, and other material elements. The scriptures inform us that man is made in the image and likeness of God. Matter is not that likeness. The likeness of spirit cannot be so unlike spirit. Man is spiritual and perfect, and because he is spiritual and perfect, he must be so understood in Christian science. Man is idea, the image of love. He is not physique. He is the compound idea of God, including all right ideas, the generic term for all that reflects God's image and likeness the conscious identity of being as found in science, in which man is the reflection of God, or mind, and therefore is eternal, that which has no separate mind from God, that which has not a single quality underived from deity, that which possesses no life, intelligence, nor creative power of his own, but reflects spiritually all that belongs to his maker. The universe of spirit is peopled with spiritual beings, and its government is divine science. Man is the offspring, not of the lowest, but of the highest qualities of mind. Man understands spiritual existence in proportion as his treasures of truth and love are enlarged. Mortals must gravitate Godward. Their affections and aims grow spiritual. They must near the broader interpretations of being and gain some proper sense of the infinite in order that sin and mortality may be put off. This scientific sense of being, forsaking matter for spirit, by no means suggests man's absorption into deity and the loss of his identity but confers upon man enlarged individuality, 
a wider sphere of thought and action, a more expansive love, a higher and more permanent peace. Sin, sickness, and death must disappear to give place to the facts which belong to immortal man. Jesus said, The kingdom of God is within you. That is, truth and love reign in the real man, showing that man, in God's image, is unfallen and eternal. Jesus beheld in science the perfect man, who appeared to him where sinning mortal man appears to mortals. In this perfect man, the Savior saw God's own likeness, and this correct view of man healed the sick. Thus, Jesus taught that the kingdom of God is intact, universal, and that man is pure and holy. Jesus said of Lazarus, Our friend Lazarus sleepeth, but I go that I may awake him out of sleep. Jesus restored Lazarus by the understanding that Lazarus had never died not by an admission that his body had died and then lived again. Had Jesus believed that Lazarus had lived or died in his body, the master would have stood on the same plane of belief as those who buried the body, and he could not have resuscitated it. When being is understood, life will be recognized as neither material nor finite, but as infinite as God, universal good, and the belief that life or mind was ever in a finite form, or good and evil, will be destroyed. Then it will be understood that spirit never entered matter, and was therefore never raised from matter. Detached sense from the body, or matter, which is only a form of human belief, and you may learn the meaning of God, or good, and the nature of the immutable and immortal. Breaking away from the mutations of time and sense, you will neither lose the solid objects and ends of life, nor your own identity. Fixing your gaze on the realities supernal, you will rise to the spiritual consciousness of being, even as the bird which has burst from the egg and preens its wings for a skyward flight. We should forget our bodies in remembering good and the human race. Good demands of man every hour in which to work out the problem of being. Consecration to good does not lessen man's dependence on God, but heightens it. Neither does consecration diminish man's obligations to God but shows the paramount necessity of meeting them. Christian science takes naught from the perfection of God, but it ascribes to him the entire glory. By putting off the old man with his deeds, mortals put on immortality. We cannot fathom the nature and quality of God's creation by diving into the shallows of mortal belief we must reverse our feeble flutterings, our efforts to find life and truth in matter, and rise above the testimony of the material senses 
above the mortal to the immortal idea of God. These clearer, higher views inspire the godlike man to reach the absolute center and circumference of his being. Identity is the reflection of spirit, the reflection in multifarious forms of the living principle, love. We'll now have a moment of silent prayer and then follow by repeating together the Lord's Prayer. Our Father, Father, which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done in earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory, forever. Bruce, will you please announce the next hymn? Hymn number 135. I know no life divided, O Lord of life, from thee. In thee is life provided for all mankind and me. I know no death, O Father, because I live in thee. Thy life it is that frees us from death eternally. Hymn number 135.
Good evening, and welcome to the Plainfield Christian Science Church Independent. This is our weekly testimony meeting for Wednesday, January 31st, 2024. And we warmly welcome everyone to all of our services in person, on the telephone, over the internet, or listening to recordings of our services. Many people find our church through our recordings on the internet. So welcome. We're so happy you found us. At all our meetings and services, we read from the King James Bible and from the writings of Mary Baker Eddy, the discoverer and founder of Christian Science. Our Sunday morning church services are held at 11 a.m. every week. And at 10 a.m., we have our weekly roundtable discussion. This is where we talk about the week's Bible lesson and other current topics and learn more about how to apply our understanding of Christian science in our lives and in praying about world events. So please join us every Sunday morning for our roundtable at 10 a.m. and the church service at 11. Also at 11 a.m., we have a Sunday school for children. Many of the students live out of state and call in on the telephone. So if you have children who would like to attend the Sunday school, call the church to get the phone number for the Sunday school, and our teachers will be very happy to welcome them. We also have a nursery for infants and toddlers at all our services. So if you're able to get here in person, be sure to bring the whole family. We have a website, plainfieldcs.com, with an amazing amount of the very finest Christian science literature in print and on audio. There are other wonderful writings by Mary Baker Eddy and writings by students who lived in her home and were taught directly by her and saw her live this science on a daily basis. There are always new items being added, so check the website out often. And we have 17 additional websites in various languages so that people around the world can read and hear the healing truths of pure Christian science in their own language. All the resources we have on our various websites are free. There is never a charge. I will now read from the Church Manual by Mary Baker Eddy, the section entitled Testimonials. Glorify God in your body and in your spirit, which are God's, St. Paul. Testimony in regard to the healing of the sick is highly important. More than a mere rehearsal of blessings, it scales the pinnacle of praise and illustrates the demonstration of Christ, who healeth all thy diseases. This testimony, however, shall not include a description of symptoms or suffering, although the generic name of the disease may be indicated. <clears throat> For everyone who gives a testimony tonight, 
we would ask that you please keep your remarks to within four minutes. This will give everyone the opportunity to share their offering tonight. For those who are on the telephone, when you are ready to give a testimony, please press the star button on your phone twice. Also, keep in mind when you do, we are going to be able to hear you, as well as any other sounds that your phone picks up. So we kindly request that you be in a quiet place, and I will call on each of you, one at a time, by name. Our meeting tonight is now open for the sharing of testimonies of healing through the study and practice of Christian science. Betty from California, go ahead, please. Good evening. Thanks so much for the music, and thank you, Lenny, for the readings. I would like to give thanks for a change of attitude regarding learning new things. Uh, when reading the Daily Watch a couple of weeks ago, one sentence popped out at me. Quote, Instead of dreading changes and fighting off the opportunities for making them, welcome them eagerly as you would a glass of water to quench your thirst. They are youth preservers for you. End quote. A while ago, I started noticing that when I had to do something new, particularly on my phone or the computer, I would think, Oh, darn, I have to learn something new. At this time, I had been listening to and reading items on age on the Plainfield website, like the watch number 392 I just read from, and the article titled Age by Mary Baker Eddy. So when I found myself grumbling about learning something new, alarm bells went off. And I thought, okay, time to change my attitude. I don't want to be a grumpy old curmudgeon. So the next time something new came up to do on my phone, I was a lot more enthusiastic about learning to do it. I started thinking instead, oh, good, I get to learn, a, learn to do a new thing. What a difference this has made. Even if it seems to take a while, I don't mind. I remind myself that God is the only mind, so I reflect this all-knowing mind and express intelligence. And as Elsie said in a calendar statement a while back, if God knows, I know. I am so very grateful to have learned this something new. I am very grateful for the Plainfield Church and its website full of good articles and information whenever we need whenever we need them and for practitioner help over the years. Good evening. Thank you. Shukrat from Virginia. Go ahead please. Uh good evening. And thank you for the readings and for the music. And this is a gratitude of love. I want to give such gratitude and thanks for the love that God has bestowed upon me and bestowed upon those around me. Today, 
I don't remember the quote, but one of the watches about truth where God does that and to stand out of his way as he does the no truth. Today, I watched that truth. I watched that love happen right before me. And I want to give such thanks, such gratitude for that. And thank you for the readings. They were wonderful. Good night. Thank you. Karen from California. Go ahead, please. Good evening. And thank you, Lenny, for those beautiful readings and for the beautiful uh, music. Christian science teaches us the difference between what is wrong thinking and what is right thinking and why it is important to know the difference. Wrong thinking is going along with the currents of mortal mind, as Mrs. Eddy states in our textbook, Science and Health, and leads us further from God. But right thinking is thinking with and as the mind of Christ or the divine mind and results in bringing us closer to our atonement with God. The other day I was doing some recording and about an hour and a half in, my husband came into the kitchen and started working on something. The room where I record is the guest room off the kitchen. And ordinarily, <clears throat> it is the quietest place in our house to record, except when my husband decides that he needs to clean hummingbird feeders. I continued for a while, but realized I had to stop what I was doing until he stopped what he was doing. When I stepped out to see how much longer he was going to be, with a little exasperation in my thinking, but careful not to express it in the tone of my voice, I found he was cleaning up and leaving the room. When I returned to what I was doing, still a little upset, I inadvertently deleted everything I had just spent an hour and a half recording. To say the least, I was very upset about it. I was blaming my husband, then myself for doing this dumb thing that I know perfectly well how to avoid doing. So keeping true to my motto, go to God, I heard, be still and know that I am God. Also, I can of mine own self do nothing. Who am I acknowledging as doing any of this recording? When God calls us to do something, he takes care of it and gives us all the capacity and ability to succeed. When calmness was established once again, I started to re-record what I had read. After one half hour, I realized I had just completed what before had taken one and a half hours. When I came to myself, then the calm and peace allowed for the resolution. I am so grateful for all that I am learning through Christian Science and Plainfield Christian Science Church Independent about how important it is to moment by moment keep our thoughts on the omnipresence of God's love. And as the psalmist says in Psalm 23, 
quote, Surely goodness and mercy shall follow thee all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house, or as Mrs. Eddy's interpretation says, the consciousness of love forever. I am so grateful to God, our one true father-mother love, to Christ Jesus and to our leader, Mary Baker Eddy, who discovered the science of the Christ. I am also very grateful to my practitioner from this church who has been supporting me so lovingly to gain a better understanding of what it means to be true to my understanding of this truth about God and man and practice it every day. Thank you and good night. Thank you. Michaela from Canada, go ahead please. Good evening. Thank you, Lenny, for the wonderfully read readings tonight. Today, my gratitude goes to my Plainfield practitioner for instilling in me the trust that I, under God's direction, can practice Christian science in my daily life. For the longest time, I thought that reading the lesson as well as science and health and prose work and sometimes the Bible is how I practice Christian science. Since coming to Plainfield and working with my practitioner, I realized how limiting this was. As was com commented at the round table on Sunday, I did read, 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 but I didn't take the time to let what I read reach my heart, my understanding beyond the letter. For example, in regards to relationship issues, if I had a problem with someone, of course I would say, he or she is the child of God, or there is only one mind. But I still would argue about issues or get agitated about other behaviors or opinions. My practitioner says, you can't argue with error. And how I see others is in my consciousness. And if it wasn't for the one person that I get agitated, it would be for someone else or something else. Oh, I see. So true. Now I am exercising to argue less, to keep more silent, and to trust that God's loving kindness is in my mind when I deal with others. I am grateful that this has led to a calmer, kinder relationship with my brother in the last week after we had a bit of a tense situation with distrust between us last year. In fact, we had now two Zoom meetings together with my mother, who is living with him, my brother, in Germany. I can't remember a time 
that we three sat together in such unity. For that, I'm really, really grateful today. And I'm grateful to my practitioner, to all who participate in the Plainfield Christian Science Church Independent, and of course, for Christ Jesus and Mary Baker Eddy, who allow us to live this science today. Thank you. Shahidat from Maryland, go ahead, please. Good evening, and thank you very much for the reading. Tonight, I'd like to express my gratitude for the resources available from this wonderful church. I'm particularly thankful tonight for last week's Bible study on David and Goliath. I grew up attending Christian Science Sunday School and must have read that story of David and Goliath many times. However, the Bible study brought out so many new ideas, including the importance of the statement in 1 Samuel 18, uh, verse 45, when to paraphrase, David tells Goliath that he comes in the name of the Lord, whom thou hast defiled. I took on this statement that Goliath was not simply a terror to the armies of Israel, but was an affront to God. In essence, David had the God-given authority to destroy that imposition of error. It made me think of seeming Goliaths that may pop up in my life and how I too have the authorities to stand against them. I am so very thankful for this independent Christian science church that has the latitude to offer such opportunities for growth and study. Thank you. Thank you. Elizabeth from New Hampshire, go ahead, please. Good evening. Thank you for those very uplifting readings. They were beautiful. I had an experience last week that I'm very grateful for. I attended a local meeting where things got very heated in regard to an issue that was brought up for debate. I didn't know how strongly I felt about the issue until I got home that night. And by the time I went to bed, fear and worry were fighting their way into my thought and on the war path. As our leader, the discoverer and founder of Christian Science, Mary Baker Eddy, says in Science and Health with Key to the Scriptures, quote, we should become more familiar with good than with evil and guard against false beliefs as watchfully as we bar our door against the approach of murderers and thieves, unquote. God inspires harmonious good thoughts, and anything unlike this is mortal mind, the devil, evil, error. It's all the same thing, and it's all suppositional. We have the right to refuse it. Send it packing. At this point, though, I had been caught off guard, and the enemy was apparently in the door and working. Its ugliness was in my thought, and fear was raging. And then came the guilt of having let this bad boy in. What to do now? Well, first the realization of how seemingly fast we can turn away from what we know and practice as truth all day long, and then to let these evil suggestions run with us when we're off our guard and not diligent. I wanted nothing to do with any of it now, but it wasn't as simple as that. Mortal mind had gained a bit of a foothold, and now I had to strongly reverse this. I had to see that there was never a moment when I was separated from God, good. Never a moment when there was more than one mind, and that mind, God. 
never a moment when I could fear or worry or doubt that good was in action and governing all. My head was spinning with thoughts and still the bad ones resisting to be thrown out. But I fought the hard fight and a voice said, The Lord's Prayer. Slowly, I said this prayer, knowing the power of it, and I held firmly to every word. Very soon into this, the calm came, the peace that is God came over me, and a word popped into my head, justice. Justice is God, and I knew that whatever the outcome, it would be just. I can trust God or good to be in total control. This was a very good wake-up call, but I had not done my work before entering the meeting, and it was definitely an experience that I will learn from. Thank you so much for everything, and good night. Thank you. Tony or Lenny from Georgia, go ahead, please. Hi. Um, first of all, thank you for the readings, and, you know, in them... Uh, on identity, mentioned the importance of looking away from the body. And uh, today I was um, presented with a challenge of a uh, of, of a headache, and it it's not wise to look to like why you know, are you experiencing something that is. Uh, obviously not not right, not harmonious, not not of God. Um, so you don't look to okay, well, what did I eat or what did I not eat or what am I drinking or not drinking? That that kind of takes you down the wrong path. Instead, um, we look to God. We look for what is the truth about who we are uh, and who are we because of of our relationship with God. You know. Um, what manner of love the Father hath bestowed upon us, that we are the, the sons and daughters of God. And, you know, working with this, um, I thought it was wise for me to contact my, uh, the, the Plainfield practitioner that, um, I have, a, that I work with occasionally here. And I got, um, just the help that I needed. And, uh, I was freed from this, um, this headache and you know headaches can be very demoralizing they can try to take you off of your work they can try to just kind of sideline you and when you uh when you have work when you have purpose uh you can look at any obstacle that comes and i think i know gary has mentioned this quite a bit in his testimonies you know it's it's an attack on christ it's an attack on on um the work that you have to do so it's not just you want to feel better because you want to feel better, but it's also because there really is work to be done and, you know, they can't be stopped. So I was very grateful to have that uh, issue resolved. I was able to return to work, uh, work that I do here for the church, work that I do for my for my living. I was very grateful for for all of those things. And, and in closing, um, we have recently moved to uh, a new house, and I have recently taken on a new position within my company. And both of these situations have created 
a lot of opportunities. Things are not, you know, as they should be. And something I'm working with quite a bit, and it's been very useful, is God doesn't bring you halfway. Um, you know, divine love has, has met every need. It always does meet every need, every human need. So working with that, I've been able to see little by little uh, positive changes across both of those areas. And I'm very grateful that this science is here to lead us through whatever situation we're in. And dear Mrs. Eddie, for discovering and bringing this to us and uh, to Christ and to all the, the loving workers here at Plainfield. I'm very grateful to be here. And thanks again for those readings tonight. Thank you. Bruce. Hello, everyone. Also, thank you, Lenny, for those fine readings. Very well read. You know, I was very impressed with the uh, story in our lesson this week about Cornelius the centurion. This guy was a centurion, which means he had a position in the Roman army. And this was the army that had uh, taken over and occupied the, the land of the Jewish nation and conquered its people. And it could be very easy to think of someone like Cornelius as on the enemy's side. And uh, as you know how the story goes, both Cornelius and Peter had corresponding visions that enabled them to come together amicably in love and respect. And obviously, this was the operation of that divine love which makes all things work together well. So I was very, really impressed with that story. A number of years ago, I was working with a bunch of guys, and one of the guys decided he was going to start shooting his mouth off and saying disparaging things about people, and a lot of it was uh, addressed at me, actually. And this is a bit disturbing, and I was very happy that I was able to call a practitioner from the church here in Plainfield and describe the situation. And he told me, he says, you need to speak up to this right away. So I hung up the phone, and I thought, okay, I need to say something and do something. How am I going to do it? And the thought came to me, love is the answer. Love resolves things. So I called this guy aside, and we were talking about how he was using his mouth. And he looked at me and says, and you want me to stop? And I said, my primary concern is for you. You know, I don't know what you're going to do the rest of your life, but obviously you got to work with other people. You might want to think about how you're going to conduct yourself so that you can work with other people well because it's going to reflect favorably on you as well as the other people you work with. And it was pretty much as simple as that. And he listened to me, and he changed his entire tenor. He went back to the other group and was very quiet and never did that again. So I thought that was a good example about how love resolves things because it could have been easy for me to be a bit ticked off at this guy and come at him. You can't fire, fire with fire. However, love does the uh, resoluting, resolutions. So I'm very grateful for this wonderful lesson for Christian Science, our wonderful church, and all of you who have joined us here tonight. Have a great night. Thank you. Shardy. Good evening. I would like to express 
my gratitude for the Bible study also last Saturday. It was a wonderful study of David and Goliath, revealing the spiritual meaning of the Bible and how everything pertains to and can be applied to our lives today from the Bible. <clears throat> Mrs. Eddy is indeed the young David of our age and how she fearlessly faced the Goliath of errors with all the power of God directing her. Just like David, she never wavered, but went forth confident in God's almighty omnipotence and omnipresence to sustain her entire life's work. How blessed we are to enjoy and share the fruits of all her labor and love. Thank you. Thank you. Gary. Well, I'm very grateful tonight for um, one of the many lessons I've learned, one of the more important lessons that I've been learning in this church, and that is the lesson of how to better listen to God. Um, and this was a lesson that uh, a, a teacher of Christian science many years ago started, uh, in, uh, started with me and started to give me and it's, I think it's turned out to be one of the more important lessons I've ever learned. Um, the fact is, God is speaking to each one of us all the time. And the question is, how much of the time am I paying attention to what he's telling me? Well, I mean, we've all been conditioned to listen to experts, you know, whether it's in our business or other places. Uh, we do spend a lot of time listening to family members. And, uh, you know, the advertising industry is trying to sell you something all the time, if you let it. But I've been learning in Christian science that unless I'm listening for God, I really can't count on knowing what is true, and I really can't count on doing anything right. And that is a terribly insecure feeling. So I'm grateful that a teacher of Christian science is teaching me to listen, to develop the skill of listening to God. There's a statement in the Bible that um, kind of <clears throat> opened my eyes at one point. Um, and in Zechariah, it says, be silent, O all flesh, before the Lord. And uh, this this turned on a light bulb once when I read it, and it and it meant to me that don't spend time entertaining your senses. In other words, you know, don't don't sit around listening to music. Um, don't watch a lot of television. And don't talk so much. <laughs> I've seen a lot of people get mesmerized by the sound of their own voice. There are a lot of ways to get distracted so that you can't listen to what God is telling you. 
So I have been learning to just stay quiet and peaceful and to open my heart because that is how we listen to God. There's uh, Mrs. Eddy has written in our textbook, Spirit God is heard when the senses are silent. Well, I, like I say, I think this is one of the more important lessons I've ever learned. Because when I do this successfully, I do get the right ideas about what needs to be done. I do get the right ideas about how to do them. And healings do come more quickly and with better lessons for me. And when I do this, I certainly get a much better, stronger feeling about God's presence with me. So it has made a great difference in my life, and for that I'm very grateful, grateful to our, the teacher of Christian science who started teaching this to me. I'm grateful for Mary Baker Eddy for giving us this tremendous science, discovering it and living it and giving it to mankind. And I'm grateful to Christ Jesus for being the example for all of us because he spent a lot of time listening to God and he did a lot of wonderful, incredible things as an example for the rest of us. So I'm grateful to be here tonight. Thank you, Lenny, for the fine readings. And everybody have a good evening. Thank you. Mary Jo from Illinois. Go ahead, please. Hello. I, this is my first time calling in. I just wanted to call and express my gratitude for um, everything that this church provides. I've been um, I've been listening and attending, and um, I think I found you on YouTube a couple of years ago as well, listening to something that Gary was probably recording, um, individual consciousness or body, and uh, really drew me back to the science because I had grown up in the organization and had fallen away and really learning uh, how to live this real Christian science is such a blessing and a gift. And there's so much here that you all offer with the roundtable and the website, which is accessible 24-7, and the Bible study. And I've been doing the watches the last few months and really enjoying the sense of community, praying for all of mankind instead of just troubleshooting for myself or somebody else. Um, I want to thank my practitioner for her support because she's been wonderful. Every time I've reached out with some apparent claim that you know, instills a little bit of fear. She quickly, you know, guides my thought to something productive and truthful and helps resolve those issues very easily and lovingly. And just learning the truth and how to apply it in my everyday living. I had a family member call me and it really helped me realize how learning the science and my relationship with God and who I truly am as a child of God has transformed my life already. And I know it will continue but I had a family member call me today with a problem, and she was a little unnerved and wanted me to humanly advise her. And in the past, I probably would have taken the bait, but I reminded her that she needed to go to God, and she needed to ask God and be quiet and put God in the center instead of trying to 
react and solve the problem herself. And if she was led to do something humanly and God was, was doing the leading, then that was fine, but not to just react. And uh, I had to remind her a few times because she kind of circled back to, well, what I, what should I do in this situation? And I kept saying, well, my advice would be to just put, put it at God's feet and let him tell you how to resolve it. You don't have to argue with it. You don't have to fight it. But I had such a sense of peace sharing that. And in the past, I used to be a problem solver and, you know, I thought that was where my value was and learning to give everything to God and expecting the right results and expecting it handled, whether I think about it again or not. I just have the trust that God will, will show whoever it is, if it's myself or somebody else, the right steps to take and handle it very easily. So I'm so grateful for that sense of peace and just that journey that I've been on since I've been involved with Plainfield, and I wanted to express my gratitude tonight. So thank you. Thank you. Jeremy. I'm very grateful to this church and for my practitioner for all, all I've learned here about Christian science. I was thinking today of all the healings I have experienced here and the progress I've made in my time here. When I first arrived in 2013, it was immediately after the lowest point in my life. And rather quickly, I went from being a suicidal wreck that no one wanted around to finding my place and purpose and working for God at this church and acceptance from my fellow church members. I went from useless to useful and from lost to found and saved. How wonderful, how wonderful to find that Christian science is a practical way of life one that truly has made life worth living. My previous beliefs of my own limitations have been completely changed by what God has enabled me to do here. And not just in one, not just in what one might think is a Christian science specific way, but in all ways. Yes, I am able to be more loving and compassionate to, to more than just my immediate family now but also my technical abilities are far greater than I was capable of before. Additionally, I've had so many healings. Christian science and practitioner support have helped me to be the man I am today. I have such joy to be a member of this church and such gratitude for all that Christian science has blessed me with. There really is nothing the world has to offer that could ever come close to what this church has to offer which in essence is the ability to be what God made us to be. I'm so grateful to be here. Thank you. Thank you. And now we have a testimony from Imogen in Australia. Good evening, everyone, and thank you for this wonderful testimony meeting. I would like to thank our dearest, loving Father, Mother, God, for the infinite patience and grace and love that he extends to help us grow. Listening to the excellent Christian science teaching in the round table and the Bible study at the weekend, I recalled coming face to face with my own personal self-justification. Whilst not pretty, I thought to share this account to testify the truth that we are taught here about being on guard in our own thought. Many years ago, here in Australia, I was on a very minimum wage. One Sunday, I came to my branch church feeling very ashamed of my clothing. Immediately on seeing the holy practitioner in Australia, I felt all sense of shame dissolve and a loving sense of God's purest joy and love 
fall on me, and I could see the beauty of everyone at the church, everyone on the whole street. I was welcomed by two lovely ladies who were ushering. Their grace and kindness started me feeling a bit cheerier. After the service, as I was leaving, a person came to me with judging, cold disdain as their eyes travelled down to my feet and back up again with a sneer. Well, I fell for it. I was so hurt by this look, and I carried on in my own thought about this for quite some time afterwards, everywhere imagining judgment and ridicule. It was some months before I returned to my branch church, and I was warmly greeted by that holy practitioner and those two sweet and loving ladies who ushered. When this one came, I was so stuck in my own error that I just grunted, hello, which is markedly different to how I always behave, and it was meant to show that I did not like her. Even as I carried out this petty sense of human justice, in my thought was, look at what you have just done on the very steps of your church. What kind of a Christian do you think you are? Now, I would love to say that from that day on, I was always kind to everyone, even if they were unkind to me, but that is not what happened. I limped on like this for years, calling myself a Christian scientist, yes, doing some good work, but relying on a practitioner here far too much, rather than actively working to cast this sin out of myself, as I should have been doing improving in tiny increments this error of wanting to fight back against human unkindness persisted. Just before I came to this church, God gave me the biggest wake-up call of my life and I realized that I had to stop and get very serious about ceasing all sinful thoughts within and get very serious about apologizing to God for my own wrong thinking. Well, Within about two weeks of committing myself to God in this way, I found Dearest Plainfield Independent, and I was so joyfully ready to learn and to make any corrections needed to get this science right and live in the way that God wants us to live. Today, whenever the idea comes that I think I am allowed to think unkindly or to feel angry at this one or that one, because they first did the wrong, etc., etc., well, this is a massive red flag to me. Mary Baker Eddy wrote, quote, When I cease to judge, criticize, or condemn, I begin to make progress. End quote. I am so grateful to our holy practitioners of this church, where the law to love the Lord our God and love our neighbor as ourselves is preached, practiced, and demonstrated. Thank you, God. Thank you, Christ Jesus. Thank you, Mary Baker Eddy. And so much love to you all. Thank you. Mary. Good evening. A few things to read tonight. The First South Dakota. Thank you, God, for Plainfield and their loving expression of the completeness of the divine science. I love having a new watch to ponder weekly, the weekly Bible lessons with the 26 topics ordained by Mrs. Eddy, the weekly roundtables, the Sunday service, the Wednesday testimonial service. This week's lesson sermon on love is so potent, powerful, solid, worthy of consecrated study and acknowledgement of the promises 
truths found therein. You are the blessing that you present. Thank you, Plainfield. In this testimony from Iowa, I'm very grateful for this church. I do believe my life has been saved and transformed with the prayerful support of this church and the prayerful support of my faithful practitioner. I feel the millennium is appearing and the world is being mightily blessed by God. I am also more alert to the deceptions often put out, the counterfeit evil which would, if it could, have us believe that some other power other than God is in control. But dear Jesus said at these times, let not your heart be troubled. Though it could be thought otherwise, I feel more and more that evil is being exposed and destroyed, and more and more of God's goodness is appearing throughout the world. So I am grateful for all of this. Thank you for the past Bible studies which I listen to, and I read from my Bible every day. It is my holy companion. Thank you again, Plainfield and all your worldwide congregation for what you are doing and the leading position you have. I know God led me to you, led me back to you during the time when I passed through very bitter waters. I shall continue supporting the mission of this church in the best way I know how, with God's help. God bless you all. Sincerely. And, um... This is from our friend in Holland, also, well, now he's in Costa Rica. He's referring to the testimony that was read from Fruitage recently on page 619 about a, about a mother and her little son, and she did not know what to do when the child had a bad case of croup, I guess it says. Um, and she read Science and Health, and then she read aloud, and then the little boy wanted her to sing, and she started singing, and he joined her, and he was healed. It touched my heart and my understanding. The word of God is quick and powerful. Healing should be the most easy and natural thing if we get our personal self-delusion out of the way. God is right here with us, loving us, caring for us. My experience is the same. One day I shrugged off listening to the Wednesday meeting in a negative way, and I watched all in the family. I watched all in the family instead. Next day I was very sick. I immediately knew why. I had turned my back on God, shrugged him off like a piece of junk. God is giving me your church. It is his gift, and he uses it to bless. Never think less of the Plainfield Church. It is his work and his manifestation. Do not allow anything to come in between you and your God. Amen. Just wanted to thank you, too, for those beautiful readings tonight and very beautifully read. Um, you read in First John, and others have referred to it as well. Behold, what manner of love the Father hath bestowed upon us, that we should be called the sons of God. And just this afternoon, Karen from California sent me a McLaren's commentary on this, which I will also talk about at the round table. It was very beautiful. Um, and I would just like to mention one part of it where he writes, you will never make anything of your professed Christianity. 
you will never get a drop of happiness or any kind of good out of it. It will neither be a strength nor a joy nor a defense to you unless you make it your habitual occupation to behold the manner of love and look and look and look and look until it warms and fills your heart. That is so beautiful. We all, I know I can do a much better job of beholding the manner of love that God has for us and to just keep looking until it warms and fills your heart. So very grateful for, for that beautiful commentary sent by Karen. So thank you all for a beautiful meeting tonight. I'm so grateful to be with you all and have a good night. Thank you. To close our meeting tonight, Shardy, will you please announce the last hymn? Number 14. Arise, arise and shine, on thee hath dawned the day. God is thy son, and Christ thy light. Be thou a steadfast friend. Hymn 14.